Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. If you've ever wanted to do more for your scene instead of just participating, which is cool, that's uh, still an important part of hardcore. But if you've ever felt like you wanted to give back and just do more, but you were hesitant or worried about the success of it, I feel like you can just do whatever you set your mind to. And I feel like a good example of that is Streets of Hate out of the Hudson Valley, New York. Shout out Alex and Nicole. This week I was able to have Alex on the podcast and talk to him about where Streets of Hate started and how they got to where they are today. And it's pretty inspiring. They just wanted to start a zine to give back to their scene and it eventually grew to what it is today. They're making tapes for bands. They have their own merch. And they're pretty impactful for their area. And I think that's really important. And it shows that if you want to turn an idea into something real, it's possible. This podcast is a prime example of that. I started this as me wanting to do streaming, which I still do. Um, uh, side note, I had a Street Fighter V stream a couple nights ago, and it was chill, but uh, I never thought this would turn out to what it is today. I, I had this idea. Uh, I had the equipment, so I did a podcast. I don't recommend you checking the earlier episodes. I think it's probably like episode 1 through 20. It's just me rambling about random stories from my day, and then it sparked into me having people on shout out Garrett for being the first guest and then Antonio from spine. And here we are today talking to people, multiple people weekly about hardcore and just whatever awesome stuff that's going on. So we're a living example that you can do more for your scene. If you just put your mind to it, it might seem scary at first, you might not have overnight success, but it's fine. It's it's all in due time. Just put in the hard work and just do it for the right reasons. Just give back to your scene and just try to just keep it real. And, th- and that's like the most important thing. Just be real, stay consistent, and uh, should be fine. But I hope anybody listening to this is giving back. And for anybody who wants to and is just afraid, I feel just take that step into the right direction towards where you want to be to whatever it is, starting a zine, starting a band, record label, you want to book a show, just reach out to the people in your local scene and just make those connections and it should be fine. But yeah, shout out to Alex for coming on. I talked about it on the episode, but he's he's been such a real dude to me from the start. He made me feel like we'd been friends forever when we met for the first time and love that feeling it was awesome just meeting other down to earth and real people in hardcore it's seriously like one of my favorite things so please without further ado welcome alex to the podcast How's it going? 
What's up, man? How you doing? Dude, I'm doing awesome. Uh, I, I'm happy to have you on. And I, I think back to right before we started talking, it was like, I think like maybe like a week before FYA. And I was like, okay, this guy seems really cool. I'm definitely a fan of the stuff you've been doing uh, with Streets of Hate. And I, I remember like, okay, I was like going to FYA and I was like, all right, I got um, some people that I had to go introduce myself to because I wanted to just, you know, get like a nice face to face. And you were on that list of people. And I was like kind of nervous. I was like, wow, I was like, I hope this guy's cool in person. And I was like kind of blown away at like how chill you were. And it literally felt like we had been friends for a really long time. Just like the way that you um, treated me, it wasn't like any like weirdness. I, I literally went up and like introduced myself when you were at the, um, the, the merch table and like, you were literally like a cool dude, like um from like right when I met you. And I, I thought that was like really awesome. Thanks man. Yeah. I appreciate it. Oh, like you said, we spoke briefly before the fest and I told, I told you, uh, you know, come find me and we'll, uh, we would chill and we did. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, like, uh, you know, those like times where like you talk to people and they're like, yo, like we got to kick it soon, but it's just like, it's just something that they say, but they don't really mean. And when you're like, yeah, like come say what's up to me at the fest. I was like, all right, like I hope he actually means it and not like just something that he just like says to everybody. So uh, I was just really happy that you were like a legit, like cool dude. And it wasn't like weird or anything. No, of course. Yeah. I tried to uh, try to just keep it real. Hell yeah. And that's, that's seriously like what it's all about. Like I, I love meeting people who like do keep it real and it's like not some weird like internet shit. Nah. Well, can you talk about um, Streets of Hate? Because I've like before we started talking, I, I've definitely seen your stuff around, and like most notably is uh, to, like the first thing that comes to mind is uh, the benefit shirt you did for Mike Shaw. So, can you just kind of talk about like how the Streets of Hate got started? Yeah. So yeah, I'll start from the uh, the beginning. Um, so my my wife and I, um, we were we were dating at the time. We weren't married yet, but we um, we had the idea, or it was, it was actually more her her idea than mine. Um, she wanted to start doing a, a zine together, just as something productive to do. Um, you know, we both obviously love hardcore and um, try and stay as involved in the scene as possible, and wanted to do something um, you know productive. Um, since neither one of us playing any bands, um, doing a zine seems like the, uh, I guess the right thing to do. Um, so we started, I would, I think it was like 2016. We started, um, really getting the zine going and, uh, we did one issue and basically just been doing it ever since then. Um, you know, we've done uh, five issues and, uh, we're working on the sixth one right now. And, I, I really like because I was going back on your Instagram and I saw um, you have a, a picture and it has the first three zines side by side. I really like that you interviewed somebody from California on the first issue. I, I thought that was really cool. Can you talk about why you chose um, Alfredo um, of all people? Because you interviewed uh, it looked like uh, there's like five bands listed, but um, you have him listed by name. Can you talk about how you um, landed on him? Yeah, so um, 
the reason we picked him is because, well, I've been friends with him, um, you know, going back before, uh, actually we, we met through the, um, buy sell trade section of the uh the bridge nine message boards in like 2008 or something like that um so i knew him we'd like traded or i'd sold him something or i bought something from him um that like that far back and then we just stayed in touch ever since then and then when he started playing in bands um you know he'd be in soul search he was in fury and forced order or he still is in fury and he was in forced order um when he was, we started touring, I just started seeing him out here on the East coast and, um, we kind of developed more of a friendship and he, I obviously, I introduced him to Nicole, my wife, and they got along really well. And he's been, he's been a close friend of both of ours for years, um, at, at this point and even at the point of when we started the zine. Um, so he was one of the first people that came to mind when we, when we, um, started picking who we were going to interview for issue number one. Hell yeah. That's so crazy. When I hear people bring up the B9 board, I had an account and I wasn't super active just because I didn't really know like uh, what was really going on. I was just kind of like more of like a lurker. Uh, were you like a pretty active user on that forum? Um, I kind of just used it like you, like you said, like I would just like kind of look through shit and I, I wasn't really... You know, I would post here and there, but I was more of kind of in it for the, uh, like the trading aspect of it and like getting merch and trading merch with other people. Like that was a, that was a big thing for me at the time. Um, and it was just a good way. Like I was big up on, uh, looking through the threads where, uh, people would post links for shit to download. I would kind of just download everything that was there, whether it was old or new and just check it out. And that was a, actually a really big source of, uh, like how I found a lot of music that I got into. Yeah. I felt like that was like a definitely a great source just because there was obviously people from all over hardcore that were on those message boards. And it was always cool. Like when people would post their bands and, you know, it was just like, Hey, check out my band for fans of like, you know, whatever they would list. And I, I thought it was always cool that, that people did that. And obviously they opened themselves up for all the criticism, but it was definitely cool to just kind of put it there and just, you know, let people stumble upon it. Cause I, I definitely found out about a, a bunch of cool bands, like newer bands at the time from that website. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I, I I never got into the buying or selling or trading stuff. I I, I literally just love just reading. It was like, and I, I've definitely talked about this before. It was the I think it was like the hardcore legends and myths like thread, and people would just like pop in and just like tell crazy stories of their time in hardcore. And I I always just found it fascinating just to read stuff from uh, crazy events that happened like before my time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, I mean, even to this day, that's something that I could read. I mean, I could read stories about um, stuff that happened at shows or people that go to shows or bands or different shit within hardcore for hours. I wish that still existed, or I wish there was a way that you could access the old archive from, from um, back then, because a lot of the stories in there were really crazy. And uh, a lot, I think a lot of that stuff was kind of lost to the uh, standard time you know yeah like to me it was like just this crazy 
um, like I felt like I was reading like a crazy book. And I, I remember I, like whenever I would catch up, I'd be like, shit, like I got to just like, you know, I'll come back in like a week or two and like see if any like good stories popped up. And I felt like that was like probably like one of my favorite things to uh, read. And then I, I read through and like kept up with like the mixed martial arts thread, which that was like pretty interesting because at the time. I didn't really have a whole lot of friends who were into that kind of stuff. So the fact that I was able to go to this hardcore forum and read a bunch of hardcore kids talk about mixed martial arts, I, I thought that was really, really cool and fun to read. Yeah, I wish I paid more attention to like, I mean, I would always look at um, like people would post pictures of like stuff they just bought, like record wise or shirts or whatever. And that, like I said, I, that's kind of what I just had focused on. I wish I really dug into like, Cause there was there was so like such a high volume of people posting on there at that point in time um that there was there was definitely tons of stuff that I probably would have been interested in that I kind of just skimmed past um but you know this is what it is I wish I, something like like a form like that would would come back honestly but I, maybe it's for the better that it's not around who knows yeah I I was never really clear on why they actually closed the forum do you know why they did it? I don't. I mean, I know it, uh, it kind of, it was like up and down, like it, it got shut down and then someone made a new one. And then, um, you can actually go to bridge nine's website and there's still like a click through link for a forum, but, um, it says it's under construction or something along those lines. Um, so who knows if it'll actually make its way back, um, or not, but I guess, I guess we'll see. Yeah, it was definitely an interesting time, but yeah, I, I'm not sure if, or uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious if something like that would still be uh, a place for kids to go to these days, just because I feel like social media is like way more um, prevalent now than it was back then because Twitter and Facebook and Instagram like definitely was around towards like the tail end of it, but I feel like it's just like on a whole nother level these days. Yeah, definitely. That was um, when I was using it actively. I was it was pre, um, you know, me really knowing how to use social media, um, or even really like being like I was. I was still young, you know. I mean, I'm only 26 now, so 2008 wasn't. I mean, it, it was a while ago, but I was still in high school, so I uh, I didn't really have like that many. Uh, like my social media presence was pretty minimal at the time. I didn't really know how to use it. And I didn't really know how to use the bridge nine message board either, but I, I tried, you know, I always, uh, past the time. there were those people on there that would talk about how they were um, paid to post. And I always wonder if that was real or not. I really don't know. I'd like that job now though. So if, if someone does bring a, a form back in and they need someone to, uh, to get those posts up, yeah we, we got to get to the bottom of that um dang I, I didn't realize you were 26 for some reason I, I assumed you were a little older no yeah I've, I've always I've always gotten that for some reason but yeah. yeah only I mean I'll be I'll be 27 this year but yeah I'm, I'm only 26 for sure uh yeah because uh just the the way that um I felt like you kind of like held yourself at the fest you just seemed uh more mature so Thanks. Yeah, it's all good. Appreciate that. Um, I try. So you're from New York. Have you lived there your your whole life? Yeah. Um, so originally I'm from Staten Island, New York, which is uh, one of the five boroughs. That's where I was born. 
Okay. Um, that's where my parents are, are from and where they had met. Um, I lived there until I was about, uh, I was in first grade when we moved and we, uh, we live in the Hudson Valley area now. And I've been, uh, yeah, I've been here since, since like the late nineties. So I went to New York like one time I spent like, it was like probably like, I think like two and a half days there and we rode the ferry to Staten Island, but for some reason we didn't do anything there. We, we literally like rode the ferry, got off on Staten Island and just kind of got back on the ferry. Is there anything cool to do there that I missed out on? Um, honestly, no. Um, I haven't, I, I mean, I, I have family there still. Um, so I'll go back every once in a while, but really that's the only thing that would bring me to go back there. Um, it's just, I mean, I don't know. There's really nothing interesting about it to me. Um, especially when like, you know, if you're from out of town and you're going to be spending time in, in the city and like the five boroughs, that's like the last one you'd want to go to just the least interesting. Yeah, I remember my buddies and I, we were on the the ferry and we're like, holy shit, this was um, in Spider-Man. And like, it was like super cool for like maybe like two minutes. And then I was like, damn it, like we're on this ferry and like we just had to sit here and like just stare at the stuff that we're like looking at, like going across the water. Like it was cool, I guess, seeing like the Statue of Liberty from like that angle. But I was just like, wow, we just like spent literally like, I think it was like, almost, like an hour and a half, just like the round trip. Yeah, I mean the the ferry ride is cool, and like the, like you said, like if it if you're there on the right time of year, like the the scenery is really nice, and like you said, the Statue of Liberty is right there and stuff. The ride, if you have nothing else to do, but as far as like spending an extended period of time on Staten Island itself, um, not not something I suggest doing. Okay, and so you said you moved uh, to the Hudson Valley area. How's it uh, different out there from where you grew up? Um, it's just more like, um, more suburban, like there's more like people, it's not realistically, it's only, um, an hour from the city limits. Um, so it's not really that far upstate, but, um, it is a very different, uh, type of environment, you know, it's just more, more suburban, more rural, like, you know, uh, more woodsy, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I definitely get that because growing up in Palm Springs and then moving like two hours away to Orange County and like two hours doesn't sound like that far, but it's like a whole different world. Yeah, I've never been to Palm Springs. I would like to check it out. I, I do um, like Orange County, California a lot, though. And I actually growing up, I lived in Orange County, uh, New York. So we got that connection too. Okay. Hell yeah. Uh, Palm Springs is nice. Like I, I find that uh, these days it's like a cool, like hip spot for people to go like on like a vacation, like maybe for like a weekend or just go see some like, you know, cool stuff. It's like a pretty like relaxed spot out there. There's like really not a whole lot going on out, out there. It's just like a lot of like, um, it's like old people. Yeah, maybe I'll make my way there one day just to check it out, see what see what it's all about. For sure, you. I remember it, uh, we were talking, and you mentioned that you had go, uh, gone to California uh, for Sand and Fury. Yeah, actually, so I didn't go um, specifically for Sand and Fury. Mm-hmm. Um, I was out there um, on a work a work related trip, and it just so happened that. Um, Sound and Fury was happening the same time I was going to be out there. So I made sure 
um, that my my work schedule aligned with um, being able to attend one day of the fest. Um, so I only ever went to to one day of Sound of Fury. I had to miss the. Uh, I think it was only two days at the time. It was uh, 2018, I want to say. Oh dang! Yeah, I think it was just just two days. I didn't even know you were on like a work trip. I honestly thought you went out there um, to work the fest. I, I didn't realize you were out there for um, actual work. No, yeah, it was my, my real job, not my, my hardcore job. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I've been out there for personal, like, like my, um, yeah, we've gone out there for like personal trips um, just to like hang out and, you know, see uh, LA and Orange County area and stuff and hang out with friends. But yeah, that particular time, I was just out there for work. And the one day that you spent at Sound Fury, how'd you like that experience? It was cool. Um, I didn't, like I said, it was kind of like spur of the moment. I, I found out um, the week before uh, that I was going to be out there at the same time of the, fe- of the fest. So I didn't like have my shit together as far as like getting tickets or anything. I don't know if it was or wasn't sold out, but um but yeah, I ended up finding my way to the show um, on, I think it was the Friday night. And uh, it was cool. I mean, it was super packed. It was the first year that, uh, it was like the year that game played for the first time. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of buzz around the buzz around that. And um, I actually ended up having to, like, I got into the fest. I watched a couple bands. I watched like Eco Strike and uh, a couple other bands here or there. And then I had to leave. And go to work for like a couple hours and i came back in time to see fury um it was like one of the bands i really wanted to see because uh i'd seen them in california before but it was like pre uh seven inch even or maybe the seven inch had just come out so at that point uh paramount was out and it was like everybody's favorite record you know so i was like i really had to see that and it was awesome they were they were great at that show i'm curious where did you see fury before that um i saw them so i met them um and this is going back to the conversation we had about um the first issue of the zine and um the interview we did with alfredo um i met them when they were on their first full u.s tour which was the tour they did with soul search and uh forced order i guess it ended up that long like it was really long full u.s and then i think soul search or Forced order, maybe all three of them might have done um, some longer, maybe European shows or something. It was like a the first leg of a, a really long string of shows for them. But anyway, um, I, yeah, I met them all then, and they stayed with us when they were in New York. They stayed at my apartment, and uh, they were like, "Yeah, you guys got to come out next time you're you're uh, you're going to plan a trip to the West Coast. Um, hopefully, it lines up with with when we uh, when we're planning some shows, and uh, it did." So we planned a trip. It wasn't around um, this particular string of shows. It just happened, just so happened to uh, work out this way where um, we were there for, say, like 10 days. And out of the 10 days, we were able to see like four shows. So it was one day was um, an all out war show in LA at Los Globos. The second day was. Um, Fury and Give at East 7th Street in LA. And then the third day was uh, Give and Fury at Aladdin Jr. And then after the Aladdin Jr. show, they played at 
um, wherever Madison studio was at the time. So I saw Fury like three times on that trip in California. Damn, that's a throwback. You're talking about uh, Los Globos and Aladdin Jr. I, I damn, just hearing those names is just so insane. Because yeah, the, those places um, don't really have hardcore shows anymore. So it, it's no, yeah, yeah. I'm, so I'm glad I was able to to hit them because um, <clears throat> Aladdin Jr. was um, you know obviously having a connection with people from from Orange County area. That was always a spot where. You know, I would see um, flyers and I'd see videos and pictures of shows there. And I was always like, you know, I got to I gotta get to that spot. I got to see a show there. And that was actually the only time I was able to go there. But um, it was a sick show. So I'm glad I made it. Yeah, I felt like that spot was like pretty, pretty interesting. And when they were having hardcore shows, um, they were having some like really, really cool shows at that spot. And I'm not sure exactly why they stopped having shows there. Cause I, I know like the like ownership of like the restaurant changed a couple times and I'm not sure if they're still down with the hardcore shows, but yeah, like that spot, like I, I saw some like legendary shows there. Like I was there when um, citizen played with like turnover, like it was like turnover's first time in California I saw Turnstiles first show there, which was like insane. Like that night was like super wild. And like I've seen, um, uh, who else have I seen there? I've seen like Beware's played there, like Mindset, just like so many awesome bands. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like any time like bands from the East Coast would tour out there, they'd play that spot. Um, so yeah. That's why I was always on my radar. I think I, I remember seeing footage of uh, Stigmata there which I thought was kind of random, but cool. Yeah. When you went to Los Globos, you remember if the show was upstairs or downstairs? Um, it was upstairs, I believe. Yeah. Okay. There was like, uh, was a pill, like are there pillars in the middle of the dance floor upstairs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I broke my pinky on one of the pillars at one point during the lot of war. That's the only reason I remember. That's wild. Yeah. I saw, uh, I, I saw Incendiary play up there, which I thought was like pretty crazy. Yeah, that was a cool place. I remember the the dance floor being really slippery, though. It was like tile or something. Yeah, it was like an actual dance floor, like uh, upstairs. Yeah, I think I've seen a show downstairs too. Maybe actually, now I think about it. Yeah, the, I I think it would just depend on the show, but I I've seen a couple of shows downstairs, which was a pretty cool spot. But I I like the upstairs better just because it, it felt more intimate. Yeah, that show was like it was all out war. Uh, Zabalba, um, I think that was like the tour package. Like they were they were doing a an LA show and then maybe something in the Bay Area, um, and then I forget who the I forget who the locals were. Um, maybe God's Hate or Twitching Tongues or something like that. I forget. So, but, yeah. going back to the first issue of your zine, was it important for you to have All at War on the zine? It was, yeah. So one of the, uh, and we've kind of strayed from this, this uh, I guess, um, model for the, the zine, was we were, we were trying to get like one kind of older band um, and then a bunch of newer bands. So All at War um, was, you know, the at the time they just put out like uh, 
the the new EP Dying Gods, like their first record back in like the early two thousands. So it was it was like we were seeing them all the time, and I was I was doing merch for them at a bunch of shows. So it was just like it felt like the right thing to have them in um, in the zine, uh, and it was a pretty the interview went pretty well and people seemed to uh, be interested in it. And we thought that was like something that people were going to want to see. Like we want to try and cater it to um, the older guys in the scene that, you know, were, would be familiar with a band like all out war, but they might not be familiar with a band like uh, uh Jukai or whoever else um, was in that issue of the zine regulate or something like that, you know? Yeah. I had, um, Mike score on the podcast uh, a while back and uh, I wasn't sure like how people were going to like receive that. And like, I, I, I put it out and I remember like people reaching out and like kind of being like, Holy shit. Like, how'd you get him on the podcast? And people seemed to be like really into it. And I was kind of surprised, but I was like, dude, I was like, I got hooked up through my buddy, Steve Huey from long Island. And like, it was pretty cool to be able to talk to him on the podcast. Yeah, um, that's actually, that episode is uh, the first one I listened to that you put out. That's the reason I checked out your podcast in the, in the beginning. So, Okay, dang, that, that, that's awesome. And how'd you stumble upon that? Um, I think I just saw him post about it, or maybe All Out War had posted about it, or something like that. Or maybe I just saw that All Out War was tagged in the photo or something mm. along those lines. Um, or it was tagged in the post, rather. So I listened to it, and then... Yeah, I've just followed it ever since then, on and off, you know? Because that was a while back. Yeah, yeah. Like, was, what, two years or a year and a half, something like that? Yeah, it's only been a minute since I talked to him. But one thing that I took away from that conversation was, like, I didn't realize how connected you guys all are up there. Because when I was talking to him, I didn't realize, you know, the relationship that they have with, like, Mind Force. I, I literally had no idea that um, there was a connection there until I asked about like, you know, all at war retweeting like some mind force stuff and then having him talk about how they like practice at the same spot and how close they are. And then being able to talk to Jay about it. I was like, this is, this is so cool. Cause um, I just never really realized that you guys were so um, like, you know, so close up there. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, there's a, the scene here is small, you know, so you kind of gotta, the people who are involved, um, you gotta, gotta stay close with if you wanted to, uh, to keep, uh, keep going and keep growing. Um, so yeah, there's people, you know, I mean, all our war guys are, you know, have been in the scene for a long time They're in their 50s or not in their 50s in their late 40s. So, you know, pushing 50 and they're still around and there's, you know, kids in there and they're, teams that are they're going to shows and you know we might we might not all know each other but um you know after as time goes on there's only so many familiar faces that you see so you're gonna you know the, the friendships will develop eventually yeah and i I, th- I think that's really awesome that they're that they are like that uh, older in the scene but still willing to give back and talk to the younger generation because that's important in hardcore yeah, totally. I mean, from there, you know, from I've seen them, you know, dozens of times uh, and, you know, their friends that were seeing them in the 90s aren't necessarily the ones that are not that they're not coming to see them because they are, but they're not the ones that are sing along uh, going off during their sets. You know, it's all younger people. So, yeah, that's awesome. Got to support your fan base, you know. And is there a 
like a consistent um, window in which you release the zines? Because I feel like I'm like like kind of late to the game when it comes to your zines. Yeah, um, so we try and do it uh, like biannually. So we try and do like one at the beginning of the year. The way it's timed out the last couple of issues is we did one around FYA and then the second one around uh, United Blood. <clears throat> and then maybe one other like um, shorter, uh, like one page or two page type thing somewhere in the middle, just out of uh, boredom, but not like a full in-depth uh, zine with multiple interviews in between but yeah pretty much pretty much once for for FYA or say America's Hardcore like we try and use those shows as like shows that we know are going to be bigger that we're going to be at um, as like a kind of a milestone to use as a uh, a target due date for when we want to have it ready and printed you know so I started following you guys you guys are already at number five would the older ones be available digitally? Have you ever thought about like scanning some of those and putting them online for somebody like me who's late and still wants to check that out, but isn't able to get a hold of the older issues? Yes. Um, that is something that I'm actually currently, um, working on. Um, I was going to do, um, like a digital, uh, release for everything that I've done in the past. Now that, they're all sold out and then not available. And then I was actually going to potentially do, um, and this is just, you know, me thinking, um, this isn't something that I've actually, um, started working on, but I was thinking of doing like a small repress of all the first five issues as one, um, kind of one book. So it's just like a longer, a longer thing and kind of reformat everything so you can get it and kind of get your hands on it. Cause that's, I mean, I like being able to offer, um, like the zine digitally to people who haven't been able to get it. But the whole point of a zine to me is to be able to hold it and, you know, really have it and read it. So I, I want to try and uh, to get those back out there in circulation, you know? Yeah. I, I think that, that would be super sick if, if you did do a repress with the previous issues altogether. I, I think that for like me speaking, like that's something that I would be interested in just be, because uh, I, I feel like, those zines came out at a certain time period and I would like kind of like to take a peek back to when those like came out and just kind of see what was going on at those times with those bands. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I am working on, um, you know, getting them all <clears throat> organized and, and, uh, uploaded to some sort of maybe like a Google drive or a Dropbox or something like that, that I'm going to be putting on our, our big cartel store. So when I have that all set up, I'll, I'll definitely send you a link. Hell yeah. Thank you. And so you do the zine. When did you start getting into making tapes for bands? Um, so the first, the first tape that we did was, um, we were involved in the second pressing of the mind force demo. So, um, for, I guess the first few shows or maybe they're just their first show, they had a, uh, like a small run of tapes that they did themselves that were just like, you know, hand dubbed or whatever, um, that there were 25 of that sold out at that show. Um, so they wanted to do like a, a more, uh, real pressing of it that other people could get. Cause there was people asking about it and, uh, they asked if we wanted to be involved. And obviously, you know, we, we, we wouldn't say no. We, we obviously love, love the band and uh, love that they wanted to, to do something with us. 
So that was the uh, that was the first one we did like our our own colorway. It was like there was a hundred tapes I think, and twenty five of them were an exclusive color that we were selling. Damn, that's awesome! I like being a fan of Mind Force and seeing how just big they've gotten in like the last year. It's just like so insane and so cool. And the fact that I've been able to catch them in like multiple states, it's just like super cool and crazy to me. Yeah, they're the best, man. I mean, you know, they're just constantly just destroying it. I mean, I heard their new record today. Actually, they got final mixes of it. And uh, oh. their new EP is going to be out on Triple B. Oh. And it's just crushing. It's just insane. Dang. Well, how many tracks is it? What news can you give us? Um, I think it's, I think it's, I don't know if it's out there or not. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but I know, okay. you know, they're, they're doing an EP with Triple B. That's really all. I can I can say I think that I think people know that though. Dude, I had no idea. This is like news to me, so I'm like like really uh, curious now. Yeah, it's a it's a couple tracks. Um, it'll be out at some point this year. Okay, all right. Well, I, I guess guess I I can't get you to spill all the beans about the new EP. Yeah, I, I just don't know. You know, yeah. I don't know if uh, whatever. No, it's for sure. It's, to share, but I, yeah. I did share it. So okay, my fault. Well, oh well. Well, well, at least we know now. Um, maybe I'm ill-informed, and maybe it, it has been out there. But um, if not, thank you for bringing that up. But um, we'll be respectful and not push you to give me any more information about that. All right, cool. Um, but yeah, so yeah, they were the first. They were the first tapes that we did, and uh, you know, we were happy to to work with them, and we're we're happy to see them in the place that they are now. You know they're they're on top. They're killing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're super. carrying the flag for for our scene. You know, waving that shit. Yeah, and making people aware of it. The fact that you talk about how um, you guys are a small scene, and to see a, a band like that get out there and just do so much in like so many different places, like I, I can't even imagine like like how cool that that is to see. Yeah, I mean they're the uh, you know obviously. <clears throat> all at war is um you know a big band from our area and they've been they've been a big band from our area for for years shows and been involved in the, the local scene here there hasn't been a band that really broke um through and really got recognition say the northeast or you know random little spots here or there will for some reason just latch on to Hudson Valley, but um, they're the, the first one that's like really, really out there grinding, playing, playing different states, flying out to Cali, and you know, doing shows all over. So yeah. it's cool to see. I mean, it's cool to get involved, you know. Yeah, hell yeah, and like respect like for them to be able to just juggle like their normal life stuff and still make time to literally fly across the U.S. and like play in a bunch of different markets. Like it's it's just super cool to see. Definitely, yeah, agreed. Yeah, I feel like uh, one of my favorite releases that um, you guys did was that uh, "Rule Them All" tape. Oh yeah, yeah, I love that one too. Yeah, like that band. Like I, I, I can listen to them, and I'm just like, dude, this band is just so sick. It's like they're like one of the bands that I haven't seen yet that I like. I, I listen to pretty frequently, and I'm just like, damn it! Like I can't wait for them to get out, or for me to be somewhere where they're playing so I can finally see them live. Yeah, um, you'll see them. You know, they're they're definitely they're definitely 
got him going to be playing. And so every, you'll definitely have a chance to see him eventually. But uh, I'm actually going to see him tomorrow with their streaming order, and we'll talk about that. Oh, hell yeah. The, that that shows uh, definitely a sick lineup. I remember seeing that flyer. Uh, is that a long drive for you? Um, it's about like a little under two hours. So it's not too bad. Worth, worth the drive. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that's not a bad drive at all to get to nah. a show like that. No, nah, it's, it's cool. I mean, we'll like shows out there or basically anywhere within a, a two hour radius. If you're willing to pack a car and go to, you know, especially if it's bands that I, you know, obviously I love them. They're my friends and I want to see them do like, like something I, like it's a band I love. I want to support I've never seen it. Um, that's really important for me um, is to be able to like new environment because it's new single time, you know. Mm-hmm. So to to play. Yeah, I'm super stoked for that. And then I a while back I, I had on uh, Connor Jones from Illusion and Ekulu. So the, you, you put out that Illusion yeah. tape a while back and. And I, I, I like the, the artwork for that. I, I thought it was cool that you guys were able to work together. I, I was, you know, big um, three at the time. It was like this, and it was Wait. all my favorite bands. Um, you're kind of breaking up. Is there any way I can call you right back to, to maybe see if um, that helps out? Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, sorry about that. Give me one second. I'll call you. Call you right back. No problem. Um, okay, we're still recording. Technical difficulties. Hello. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can hear you. I'm just trying to see if the connection got better. Me, I'm good. I think we can. Sorry, you, you're still kind of skipping out. Yeah. You still there? Hello. Hello, I I can hear you. Are you in a better spot? Can you call you? Okay, wait. Can you, can you keep talking because I'm trying to see if the connection got better or not? Yes. Check check one, four, eight. No, you yeah. you, you kind of keep cutting out. Oh, um, um. Let me. It might to connect from lock. Okay. I, 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 sorry, you're, I I honestly didn't hear anything you said. I'm sorry. All right. Let me, uh, let me try to call you back again. One second. Let me just, if I refresh it, because I the internet skipped it once.
sounds weird. Hello. Hey, is that better? Hey. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Okay, way better. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah, it was weird because I heard you like the whole time, but I wasn't sure if you could hear me or not. I wasn't sure if maybe it was my headset or whatever. But okay, all right. So I'm um, jumping back into it. I was asking you, um, or I was telling you about. Um, I was a fan of uh, that illusion tape that that you worked on. Yeah. So yeah, I. Uh, I mean, that's you know one of my favorite bands and uh, some of my favorite people. And at the time, uh, you know, it was like the perfect like mystery band for me because it was like my friends but I they didn't have recorded output and they were playing some shows but I wasn't able to see them and uh I was like I had to be involved in it somehow and I'm I'm really like or I had to be like you know latch onto it somehow so I'm really glad that those guys wanted to work with us um because it was just like they're my favorite band when they came out I still love them but um, yeah, for them to want to work, work with us was, was really cool, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I, I think they're a sick band. Like the guys are obviously all like really talented. So I definitely enjoy them and it, it, I feel like it's like, um, I guess that they're not like as busy these days just cause I feel like they're all involved in other stuff, but uh, like, I hope like they put out like another record at some point and I'm able to see them again. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think they're, and I, I think Connor might have mentioned it on your on your podcast, but they're uh, I think they're writing an LP right now, so I think they're they're taking some time off to to focus on that, um, as well as you know what other whatever other other things they're in. Like you said, they're in a bunch of other bands. So, um, but yeah, that I think they will they'll be coming at us with a, a new record at some time in the near future. Hell yeah. And the next tape I wanted to ask you about, and it's a, a, a tape that I actually got, it's um, the Choice to Make promo. I, I'm i a huge yeah. fan of Choice to Make, and like I, I was a fan before I actually got to know those guys, and I, I think they're all like really awesome dudes. But um, how did you guys link up with them? Because I feel like that band uh, is like just getting started. They just signed to Flashbot Records, and I, I hope they're about to pop off and like more people check them out. Yeah, I, I think I think they are. Like, I think this this record will will get out there, and a lot more people will hear it, um, and they'll they'll uh, people will really pick up and and pay attention to them, um, you know, deservedly so. But um, yeah, so I um I've had a connection with the Wilkes Barre scene for a while. I used to go to shows there often, and. Uh, I was really into the whole like back-to-back record scene and I would go there and go see those bands um, really often when they were, when they existed, like Dead and Path, Stick Together, uh, Disengage, United Youth and all that. So I had some friends that were involved in that scene that still are involved in the scene now. And um, one of them is TK who plays bass in Choice to Make. Um, so he, uh, you know, he hit me up. I'd, I'd seen him for the first time in a while at some show, and uh, we we talked about choice to make or whatever. And then I guess um, Matt Wren, who's a, a staple in the Wilkes-Barre hardcore scene, he runs the label uh, Dark Medicine, mentioned to him that uh, you know they were looking choice to make was looking for someone to 
help them put out their promo or help them do some tapes or whatever. And Matt was like, yeah, just, you should hit up um, Streets of Hate and see if they want to do it. And uh, TK sent me the songs. I heard them. And uh, Nicole and I listened to them together. We both liked it. And uh, that was it. We basically just made it happen. Oh, and prior yeah. to that, I didn't know anybody else. I didn't know anybody else in the band. Um, and now they're all, you know, friends of mine. But yeah, that's that's basically how it happened. I, I definitely like that. The word of mouth. The Matt Ren was like, "Yo, go check out Streets of Hate." I definitely like that. He plugged you guys and got that connection going. That's like super awesome. Oh yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah, seriously, like th- that's literally how like I-, I got to this point with the podcast. Like if it wasn't for um, people like just sharing it and like talking about it and telling their friends like, hey, like you should check this out. You should actually like do the podcast. Like I, I have no idea where I would be if it wasn't for you know just the people that I've had on and like just the people that were, have been willing to like help me out behind the scenes. Yeah, no, same goes for us. I mean, obviously – um, we put in a lot of hard work into the zine and the label, just like you put a lot of work into the podcast. But once, uh, you know, it's just like anything, like people need somebody to tell them somebody that they trust, um, their opinion to, uh, you know, to check it out before they really dive into it. And then once they do, that's when that person will, you know, will look into it further and then they'll tell their friends and then it, that's how it keeps growing, you know? Yeah, for sure. I I definitely find that uh, that it moves quicker that way, and I, I feel like that's a like a big reason why. Like for me, when I drop a new episode, I'll post about it like the day it comes out, and then that's it. Like I'll just leave it alone. I feel like people um, have to put up with it just for that one day, and like that's enough. And if uh, you know people want to find it, they'll get to it somehow whether it be their friends telling me about it or them like just randomly searching for a podcast. But like, I've never been the uh, person to want to just like shove it in people's like faces, like 24 seven. It's like, there's this window a couple days a week where I'm going to post about it, but like, that's it. Cause I, I just never wanted to be like, like, I, I guess I just never wanted to come off. It's like pushy like about it. Like I, I never wanted to go be like, Hey, listen to my podcast. I feel like I, I just wanted people to show up and listen if they, if they wanted to on their terms. Yeah, definitely. No, I think the way you go about it is uh, the right way, for sure. Yeah. Some light promotion never hurt anybody, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, it, I, I'm i curious, you guys did some snapbacks a while back. Is there any chance those will return? Uh, they may. Yes, they may. Um, so, we, yeah, we made a, a small run of them, um, and they sold out pretty quickly. Um just because, you know, we only made a few just because I wasn't really sure if it was something that people wanted or not, but mm-hmm. they did. And, uh, yeah, I think we're going to reprint them in a new colorway probably sometime in the, in the future, in the near future, maybe. Okay. I'll definitely keep an eye out for that. Um, yeah, because yeah. I'm always in the market for a new hat. Yeah, it's my favorite. My favorite piece of uh, hardcore merchandise is a, a nice hat. Um, I have way too many of them, so having one of my own that I was able to make is uh, definitely, definitely cool for me. And I, I wear it often. Hell yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it's definitely cool that um, people supported and were into that. And now you're thinking about doing a different colorway. So that's pretty sick. 
Yeah, I mean, I can't like it's like you said when you you know people show interest in what you're doing, it's definitely um definitely a good feeling. Um, and I can't you know thank anybody that supported us at any point um, enough. You know, that's why we're we're still doing it. Yeah. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, you guys uh, dropped that uh, terror four song demo on cassette. Can you talk about how um, you got to be able to put that out? Just because I, I felt like that was kind of out of nowhere. So like, I'm not sure if that's like had been in the works for a while. And Terror is a band that I love and have been into since I first started getting into hardcore. So when I saw that, I was like, holy shit, like that's like super awesome. Dude, yeah. I mean, honestly, the whole thing is still kind of a mystery to me um, because I don't like, obviously, like you said, like Terror is a very important hardcore band um, to me and to Nicole both. Um, so how, basically how it happened was um, Scott just reached out to me directly and asked if we would do it. He said he was, uh, they were looking to get the demo up on streaming and they wanted to do some sort of um, tape version of it because there never was one. Um, it was only, you know, when the demo came out, it was uh, like CDR only. And then eventually Reaper Records did a seven inch version of it, but there was never, there was never a tape version. Um, and, you know, demo tape is like really, you know, kind of, I guess, you know, what a demo should be in some people's eyes. So that's what he wanted it to be. Um, so he reached out to me, asked if I would do it. And I like had to do a double take because I didn't really believe that. I, I don't know Scott personally. I've never met, I've still never met him. Um, in real life, regardless of how many times I've, I've gone to see terror and, you know, we've been in the same room or whatever, but, um, yeah, he just reached out to me via Instagram and we made it work. I mean, it took some time, um, to, to make it happen. It had been like kind of in the works behind the scenes, but not for really that long. You know, I think the first time he reached out to me was like late last year. And then we, we had the tapes online and, uh, sold out within like a few months you know yeah then that's that's crazy the yeah i'm really curious too because like the fact that he reached out to you to put out the tapes because other people do tapes so the fact that he respected you guys enough to reach out and be like hey like i want you guys to put out the demo on tape i feel like that's like a pretty big deal no, definitely. And like, it, it was shocking um, when it first came across, um, you know, when the idea was presented to me because, it, you know, I couldn't, obviously I couldn't say no. It was something I, I, I wanted to do. Um, so, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know how he became aware of us or how, I mean, obviously he pays attention to what's going on in, in the current mm -hmm. state of hardcore. So I would imagine that's how he found out, but who knows, uh, you know, who knows? I'll, I'll one day find out. But as of right now, I don't know. Yeah, that's super cool that uh, somebody um, w with his status, he's been around for a long time, been in a bunch of good bands. The, the fact that he's still in tune with like what's going on currently and not just in a band doing like his band stuff, like the fact that he's still aware of what's going on in hardcore and, and to reach out to you guys, it's really cool to see. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I was, was really really sick yeah well i feel like uh maybe at some point get him in like on the zine issue six 
maybe seven. Uh, I'm not sure how far along or how far along you guys are with number six. Um, so he is actually one of the people on the lineup for issue number six. So oh. we will see that coming through. That's that's awesome. Hell yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to that because, um, and maybe this is just, uh, for me, like I got into hardcore, like, uh, it was like 2002 and like, that's like the same year, like the, um, terror kind of started like around that time. So, and they were literally like the first band that I was able to see. It was cause like my older sister like put me onto them. She was like, Hey, I, I, I think you would like this band. They're from LA and they're pretty cool. So I, I checked them out and I was into them. So that they're like one of the first bands I got into and one of, or and one of the first bands I, I got to see live, like outside of a local environment. Cause I saw the local bands in my area, which was cool, but like leaving town and going to see like a bigger show, like terror was one of the first bands I got to see live. And I, I, I thought that was like super awesome. And I've always been a fan of that band and always down to support them. Yeah, definitely. And they're uh they're doing that tour coming up soon with restraining order and magnitude that I'm gonna try and uh see them a few times on that tour. So hopefully, um, you know, at one of those shows I'll I'll get to the bottom of how um or why he wanted to do the tape with us. But yeah, I mean, yeah. It's funny, I hadn't I didn't see them until like I saw them once prior to Keepers of the Face coming out. Um but I didn't start really seeing them heavily until like Keepers of the Faith era. And at that point I saw them, you know, a bunch. Um, I've seen them a bunch since then, but yeah, I mean, they're never, they're not a band that I really get sick of seeing. Same here. Pretty consistently good. Yeah. Always high energy. Always like, I don't think I've ever seen a bad terror set. No, me either. So you mentioned Keepers of the Faith, and uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you this crazy story uh, about that record. And I've, I've never said this publicly, so hopefully I, I don't get in trouble. But um, uh, this was like like the, the record hadn't come out yet, and it was like a couple weeks before Sound and Fury and they were playing Sound and Fury, and this dude that, that I used to be cool with, he like hit me up. He was like, yo. I have the, the new terror record and I was like, what? Like, how do you have the new record? It's like, it's not due out for, for like a minute. And he's like, Oh, he's like, well, um, my homie was like banging this like girl who said that she was at the um, studio where they recorded it. And she said that she just burned a copy like when nobody was looking. And I was like, what? Like, that sounds like super crazy. And it sounded like bullshit to me. Like I didn't believe it. And he's like, no, he's like, you got to come over right now and like, like, let's listen to the record. So I was like, all right. So like, I like met up with my buddy and he had like this burnt CD that he allegedly got for some girl who jacked it from the recording studio. And we like put it on and we're listening to it and we're like, holy shit, like this record is insane. So like we like listened to it like a bunch of times and like we like learned some of the words to like um, some of the songs and we were kind of like, like, holy shit, like we can't sing along. Cause like, what if they trip out and like ask us like how we knew the words or something. And it was like this whole like crazy thing. And I was like, uh, like tripping out that this, uh, the way he said he got it, which I've never confirmed. Cause I, I never wanted to like actually know where he got it from. But the fact that we got that CD early, it was just like so insane. And it was just like such an awesome record too. Like going into that sound and fury and having heard the record before it come out, I was like, this is wild. Yeah, it's a crazy story. That's sick, though. That's funny. 
Yeah, yeah. It was just like just so strange that I just got this call and they're like, "Yeah, like we got the new Terror Records." So I'm like, "All right, cool." Like, I definitely want to check it out. But a great time period. Love that record, even to this day. That record's still awesome. Yeah, it's uh, definitely one of the one of the best of that of that era. One of one of my favorite records of theirs too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, are you involved in like booking shows or anything in your area? I am, yeah. Um, I am one of few people, or one of a handful of people who, you know, actively book shows here and has been booking shows here. Like I think the first show I booked locally was. Uh, in 2008 2009 oh wow yeah 2009 it's been a minute yeah and i've been you know i I haven't been you know steadily booking shows since then but um just because there's you know how it is there's venues that come and go and you know they're never consistent that they only last so long like everywhere has an uh an expiration date on it when it comes to uh hardcore venues especially ones here which aren't like your conventional or your, uh, yeah, your conventional venue. Um, like we, I did when I started booking shows, it was at a place called the, uh, the Montrose basement, which was just somebody's, somebody's basement in there, in their house. Um, but there was, there was these shows there for years. I mean, um, it was like the, the, the popping spot of, of that era, 2008 to like 2011 or so. Um, and there was, I saw tons of good shows there. I mean, I saw, I saw Ludax there multiple times. I saw like Hostage Con was like a staple there. The Carrier was a staple there. And those bands might sound like they don't matter, but I mean, you know, as well as I do that at the time, those bands really, really did mean something, um, especially in the Northeast, you know? Yeah. I love the Carrier. Uh, I would love to see them again. Obviously they've been broken up for a while and I'm just like, Hmm, maybe they could get back together and do it one more time. I, I feel like they would go over well. I feel like these days with like the kind of the more melodic stuff coming back. Yeah, I think so too. I don't know. I don't know that they ever actually officially broke up or not. I mean, after a certain point, I kind of stopped uh, paying attention to them just because mm-hmm. I'd like kind of, you know, moved on to other things or whatever. I just, they weren't playing as frequently. So I just, kind of stopped um following them as closely but um yeah i i definitely love them then and i'm sure if i listen to it now i'd still like it so um yeah my yeah i I wonder i wonder if people would like it or not it's it's melodic but it's like darker and heavier than a lot of the melodic stuff that's happening now so i don't know you know i mean i'm sure you know people would probably like it still who knows I think it's interesting that you brought up uh, Ludax. That's a name that I hear too often. Yeah, um, yeah, because they're they're from probably out by you, right? Like I think they're from San Diego. Yes, yeah, San Diego area. Yeah, did you see them a bunch when they were when they were a band? Yeah, I I felt like I was always like nervous to like see them live because the. Uh, singer, I I never knew him, but like whenever I would see them live, he would just like go insane, like smash his like forehead open with the mic and just bleeding on everybody. And then I, I remember I I saw them uh like one time in Riverside, and like he just like kind of like 
like like fell backwards on the crowd and like people were just like literally like holding him in place like um and his feet weren't even on the ground and there's like maybe like four or five people just like holding him up and he was just like um performing that way and i was like this is crazy and he would be like hitting people with the mics like just going insane and i was like this is this is crazy like i i don't want to be too close because i didn't want to get any like blood on me and also i didn't want to get hit with the mic because i'm sure that didn't feel too great obviously maybe with like adrenaline and all that maybe like you couldn't really feel it at the time but i was just like yeah i was like i'm gonna kind of just kind of fade into the crowd and just watch from a distance because yeah it was seriously he'd always get crazy every set anytime i saw them yeah, it's funny. The actual, the first time I ever got punched in the face at a show was was during Ludak and it was by him. Yeah. Um, but it was at that show, but at the the basement I was just referring to. But yeah, anyway, I mean, they were. Uh, I have a funny story about them. Actually, I don't know if it's true, but this is my my side of the story. Okay. That I heard. Um, so I, like I said, I saw them at this this basement a couple times. Um, so they had a they had a connection with our area already. And then they signed to, they signed to Deathwish, and they did that one record, and they did a tour uh, with Converge and Thursday, and uh, I want to say Touche and More, Touche and More, um, and it played Poughkeepsie, which is like the major city um, in the Hudson Valley area that a lot of shows happen at. Um, so they played that show, and uh, a bunch of us went, and we watched them, and um, apparently on that tour. Um, so, so during the set, um, somebody was moshing with a frying pan and a uh, security got involved and uh, the set got sh- uh, cut short, like a, a big cast iron frying pan, like a heavy duty one. Um, yeah, security got involved and the, the set got cut short. Um, and it was like a, a big like mystery to all of us who were there to see them. But apparently um, they were doing it at every show on that tour. Was beating was like people. somebody that was on tour with them. That's wild. And the record you're talking about is the the Black Eye Blues one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this might, like I said, I don't know if this is if this is a hundred percent fact or not. I don't know if it was like someone that was on tour with them, or if this was all coordinated, or or maybe somebody just told me that and it was a lie. Mm-hmm. But I heard uh, in the in the past after the incident that that happened um, multiple times on that tour. So if anybody can confirm or deny um, that story, uh, let me know. Because I've always, I've always wondered if it was true or if it was somebody just feeding me some bullshit, you know? Yeah. Well, hopefully somebody out there can give you the real account. And maybe that was the true story. Or if not, maybe we can get to the bottom of it. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, I uh, I, I book shows at, um, getting back to, to that, I book shows at that house. And then from there, it went on to like random restaurants, and there was shows that happened at like a comic book store for a while, and then there was shows that happened at a pizza place for a long time um, that I was booking a lot of shows at. So these are all like kind of places that, you know, they were they were businesses that were just looking for um, some way to to drum up some sort of, um, I guess, way to get people there. Um, so they're they thought having shows was, was the right move and it, it was for a while, but everything goes south eventually, you know? So when you talk about um, booking shows in restaurants, how would you approach them with the idea of like booking a hardcore show? And would you have to like explain to them what um, like moshing was like, or did you just kind of not mention that part? 
Um, luckily for me, um, the two restaurants that I book shows at, one was called The Warehouse, which is still a restaurant that does shows every once in a while in, in Newburgh. Um, and the other place was called My Place Pizza in Poughkeepsie that I don't think is um, open anymore, and they definitely don't do shows there if they are. But um, there were people who were booking shows there prior to me, um, so I kind of there was a, they were already aware of what was going to happen at the show. Um, so I was just kind of piggybacking off of somebody else's spot that they found, um, and just kind of continuing with it. That's a good thing about here is like, like I said, there's a handful of people at any point in time that are that are booking shows, and they're not like, um, like stingy with the spots that they have. Like they're willing to to share and let other people book shows there. Um, it's not like a, oh, this is my spot. Like there's no territorial type um, shit. Um, surrounding it so when i hear um shows yeah. uh shows happening in restaurants i i think back to those um videos that come out from bands playing in the denny's i don't know if i ever saw that oh you never seen what it bands, like, whatever uh i'm not sure what the band is in. i i know somebody mentioned to me like that they knew who the band was but there's this uh the first one that i saw um it was just like some like like heavier band and like the guy says like what the fuck is up denny's and it's like these people literally just going off in a denny's restaurant which uh i thought was crazy and then more recently there was one like it was actually a denny's in my area there's like just some punk band that booked a show i, I guess like th the pre-show was in the denny's and then like the after show was under some bridge near the freeway it was like super like diy like punk stuff um but just like seeing those two videos and i'll definitely send those to you um once we're off uh but it's just like crazy just to see that stuff going off so in somewhere like denny's you think about like going to denny's like late at night just getting food or whatever but imagine going there and just seeing like a bunch of like hardcore kids just like going off i, I just can't imagine like how wild that would be yeah it's crazy i've never heard of that before i got yeah definitely send me those videos i gotta check that out yeah yeah it's pretty ridiculous um, do you have any shows, um, currently booked or, or are you working on anything in the near future? Um, I'm not currently, no. Um, I mean, I, there's a, you know, I, I've talked to a bunch of, a bunch of different bands that I'm friends with from the, uh, you know, from wherever that I'm, I'm trying to get to come through at, at some point. Um, but there's nothing set in stone really, you know, I mean, there's luck, there's luckily there's a, a few spots that I have options of um booking shows out that are kind of various sizes so i can uh kind of make it work whenever it does work for everybody but um yeah right now i don't have anything anything set up um unfortunately but you should uh sometime soon yeah because i feel like there's like a good crop of bands from your area your area that are playing right now it would be cool um I don't know if you guys have ever done like a like a local thing, just like with all the um, current bands going on, just to kind of um, show like what the local scene's like and just kind of like promote that area. Yeah, there was actually um, around the holidays. Um, there was a, a two day like locals only um, fest that was at um, not a fest, but it was just two shows. Um, that were uh, just all local bands that one of the guys in that band, um, Age of Apocalypse, booked. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard of them. But, yes. Um, yeah, yeah, Terry um, from Age of Apocalypse book shows here pretty actively. Um, he's one of the other guys that, that's booking shows here. And he's in um, 
than Age of Apocalypse. Like I said, he's in that band Final Right as well. And those are those are my two favorite of the uh the new crop of bands from here. So if you're uh if you're listening and you haven't checked either of those bands out, definitely definitely look into them. Do, do you know if that Age of Apocalypse like the name, is that like an X Men reference? It is an X Men reference, yes. Okay, all right. That's cool. Like that makes me like them even more because I think that's like really awesome. I'm a fan of the X Men, so when I see that, I'm just like, dude, that's so sick. Yeah, it's a cool name. Uh, okay, is it, is it Soulblind's from your area too, right? They are. They are indeed. Yeah, they're from. They're from. Uh, yeah, the, the Hudson Valley. Yeah, super sick band. Yeah, I love them. They're great. Okay, but um, I, I going back to like what I was um, talking about. I, I feel like it would be cool to um, uh, maybe bring something like that back, maybe uh, brand it Streets of Hate or something. I'm, I'm not sure if that's something you're interested in, but just because I know that there's like awesome bands in your area, and I, I think it'd be cool to see something like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, uh, the the local showcase thing, um, the the holidays one just happened, um, so I don't want to. You know, I don't want to bite his style too much, but I like I like to um, bring in bands from like big, bigger bands from outside of our area um, to play here, and then kind of build the show around you know the locals as uh, like top the show off with uh, whatever locals are mm-hmm. are from here. You know, so that's I mean, I, just obviously that's how shows are, are booked, but um, yeah, I would like to you know bring some new bands through. There's plenty of bands that are. Uh, willing to play shows right now that are in close proximity to hear that um, would definitely do it. It's just a matter of, I guess, making it happen, which I haven't been putting much effort into. Um, it's just because of like the time of year, you know, like I feel like it's, it's hard for bands to get motivated to play or to do whatever in the winter, but that could just also be in my head. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's just me. That's hard to get motivated in the winter. You know, um, Madison from Fury, he has a suburban fight and they didn't do it last year, but the year before that. And I I think also the the prior year they would do suburban fight weekend, which would happen towards like the end of summer. And they would do like a pretty good showcase of uh, bands that um, were outside of California. And they would definitely have like the awesome locals on the weekend because it was like split up between like two or three shows and i i always thought it was cool because it was like uh like after sand and fury so like we got that which was like always awesome but then like the bands that didn't um make it onto the fest or the bands that did play the fest just like whatever current good bands um that don't regularly get to play in california like they would like bring them out and I always thought it was like, like always like a super awesome weekend just to get like a different crop of bands that deserve some shine, like finally out to California. It was always like super, super awesome. And it was a bummer that it didn't happen last year. Um, not sure why it didn't, but, uh, it's like something that I always look forward to just because they always do like a really good job with like booking awesome bands. Yeah, definitely. I've actually, I never, I never went to, um, the suburban fight like weekend shows that he would do, but I always wanted to. Um, and yeah, that, I do love that idea. Obviously like the, uh, maybe one day I'll do one of my own. We'll see. It's, it's something that we've definitely talked about doing. It's just a matter of, I guess, 
timing of it, but maybe 2020 will be the year. Yeah. I feel like it's, um, still like pretty wide open. We're, we're still like, you know, we're at the tail end of the second month and there's still a lot of time left to, to do cool stuff. And, and even if you don't get it done like this year, like just the fact that you, you could even just like work towards that, I, I think would be something awesome to come out with at some point. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I mean, um, yeah, there's definitely no shortage of, uh, people wanting to book shows here. So, um, if you are in a band that wants to play the Hudson Valley, or if you are in a band that is touring and is having trouble getting a show in New York city and you want to play New York, um, and don't want to play like super far upstate, um, definitely reach out because, um, either I or somebody else will definitely make it happen for you and it will be a cool show and there will be cool bands from here that play it. Oh yeah, no, that, that that's a really good good thing. Just putting the vibes out there and letting people know that there are um, options for New York outside of just playing in the city. Yeah, the good thing about shows here is um, we're close enough to like Connecticut and Massachusetts and Jersey and Wilkes-Barre and Long Island and all these other scenes that are like strong and really growing and you know maintaining um, their their scenes in themselves right now that those bands and people will will come through here and um it's like a kind of feels like a one big scene you know mm-hmm. like yeah. it's not it's not we're, we're not like dependent on strictly people traveling to here for the shows to be good but it definitely helps a lot when people are willing to come here just like it helps their scenes when we're willing to go there you know yeah i'm definitely fascinated with like how like close all those different scenes are and I, I'm definitely getting out to um, Wilkes-Barre to catch a show um, later in the year. Um, but I, I, I definitely want to try to hit like different markets out there and just to get to experience it. Because going to FYA for the first time uh, last month and just seeing what that was like. And it was like my second time in Florida for, for a hardcore show. But um, just like being back out there and just like it feeling different than being at home. I, I just thought it was like just super fun and made me just want to experience other scenes more. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely, um, you definitely picked the right, the right shows to, uh, to go to out here. Those were, I mean, the, the two that you went to FYA and that, that point of contact show were definitely, definitely the right choices. Definitely good representation of, um, good shows out on the East coast, but yeah, yeah come through, come to, uh, you know, anywhere up here. Yeah, and Yeah, definitely want to get out to the Hudson Valley. I, th- I, I think it would be cool to see like a mine force or an all out war out there. Yeah. Well, make yeah, just got to um, plan it correctly. But yeah, it's at least something that I have on my radar. Um, want to talk about uh, your experience at FYA? Uh, can you talk about. Um, your time there because I feel like even though like you were behind the table working I did see you um, you know uh, in the pit like you know getting to enjoy some of the bands so can you just talk about what your experience was like uh, for this year's FYA yeah so um, this year was the second year that I've gone down and worked the triple B records table with Sam um, at the fest at FYA fest specifically. So, um, yeah, we, uh, he hit me up. Um, and basically we have this, 
you know, we, he'll typically ask me um, for if like to go to any fest that he's going to be working in and work it with him just because we have like we work well together. We, um, you know, we have a good rhythm and we uh, I know I've done it enough times where I know, you know, how it goes. I know what what things cost. I know how to set them up and whatever. And uh, so, yeah, I went down there with him um, and <clears throat> I was lucky enough to be set up in a place where I was able to um, see every band that played regardless of if I was actually up front or not. Like I had a spot relatively close to the stage, but like right outside of um, where the crowd was. Um, so I wasn't blocked. My view wasn't blocked. I could see everything. Um, so I pretty much watched every single band that played, um, whether I wanted to or didn't. But yeah, I mean, um, it was a good experience for me. I mean, like I, I love watching bands, whether, like I said, whether I like them or not. So um, it was cool to just be able to chill there and, and it's a, it's also good because it gives me a place to like like I I brought some Street Aid stuff and sold it and people bought it there and sold a bunch of Triple B stuff and I was set up next to my friends like so I was just chilling. I definitely like the and I've talked about this before but the just the size of the room it was definitely cool. Uh, that it just like one thing that, that I really liked is that it, it just never felt crowded and I, I never felt gross or like super sweaty. I, I just felt like I was able to go in there, do like my thing, whatever, mosh, sing along, watch the bands, and like I never felt gross, which was like really cool because I, I just hate getting like sweaty and having like other like random sweaty people touching me. So I, I really enjoyed the space in there. Yeah, it was definitely um what it was there was a lot of people. The room was big, but it wasn't um too big for the size of the show and it wasn't um overcrowded. Um so there was definitely there was no like point in time where I felt like I was like overheating or like, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't like really feeling like you know certain shows you go to unless like you just step in the room and it's like you're covered in sweat and you're you're, it's hot and uncomfortable and shitty and it wasn't that. So that's definitely, um, definitely a plus. Um, and yeah, you could pretty much, you could just step back and chill and watch from the back of the room and still be able to see everything that was going on, which was a huge plus. Yeah. And I'm definitely looking forward to going back, uh, next year, even though like we're still like, you know, early part of the year and like next year's, um, like ways down the road, but I, I, I seriously had such a good time and I'm definitely looking forward to being able to do that again. Yeah. It's pretty consistently like one of my favorite shows all year. Like it's a, I know you said it before, but it's like a good way to start, um, the year. Um, you know, like basically you go to the fest, you see all the bands that are going to be popping that year, their sets pop off and then they kind of carries through to the rest of the year, you know, like yeah. they just consistently do well over the course of the year. So, um, I think that's a cool thing to see for sure. Yeah, and then uh, today, uh, See the Pain dropped their new record. Uh, I was really stoked to um, hear that this morning, and also one step closer to drop that new promo, which that was like really awesome as well. It was cool to hear a new song from them and just kind of hear like what direction they're headed in. Yeah, um, I seen them play that song live before. I think I don't know if they played it at FYA or not. I think they did. Yeah, but um. Yeah, I've seen them play it a few times. It's it's a sick track. I listened to both the Seed of Pain record and that One Step Closer promo that came out today basically all day. Um, 
and both those bands I, I love. They were two of my favorite sets at the fest. Yeah, it was cool to see like um, on Instagram and Twitter, like buzzing like about both those records, and I was like, damn, like even the yeah, like see the pain, like hearing the new record. I wasn't really sure what to expect, but listening to it, I was like, God, like this band is just so good. And it's just like uh, the, the new record's insane. Like uh, it's really cool. And I hope um, the next time I see them, they like have three guitar players and like put on like a super crazy set. Yeah, it's definitely, um, that record's definitely going to be one of my favorites to come out this year, even though it's the beginning of the year, you know, I can, I can pretty much based upon how many times I, I listen to it and how much I like it already. Um, I can I can just tell that it's going to be on on my top list for uh, favorite records of the year already. You know. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, what other uh, like outside of like like anticipating new records from bands that are already established. I'm I kind of curious, like, what new bands going to pop up and like make like their impact this year. Um. Um. Personally, I'm excited to see what Soulblind does. Um, I know they've got a lot of stuff happening, um, and it seems like a lot of people are paying attention to them. You know, rightfully so. Um, they're a sick band. Um, they, you know, so I'm excited to see what happens. I heard some new stuff that they have, some new songs um, recently, and they're sick. So I'm excited for more people to check them out, and I'm excited for them to uh, to get out and play play some new spots and play some new uh, new areas to new people. Um, so that's one for me. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Um, seems like Life's Question is going to do a lot of shit this year. They're going to do, you know, I think they have a new record coming out this year. Um, so I'm excited for that. I love that band. Mm. They're one of my favorites. That's at FYA. They're sick. Dude, that's how um, it went nuts. Like, I was so, like, surprised at, like, how crazy it went. Yeah, it goes back to what I was saying before about like you see the band at this fest and they do really well. And then basically it's just like you can just tell they're going to consistently do well for like the, the rest of the year and it's just going to keep getting better. And I, I think like that's the feeling I got watching watching them. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens next. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a band I want to put out the Valley really bad. One day it'll happen. Hell yeah. Um, real quick, go, going back to Soulblind, um, yeah. I, I feel like uh, just like their their sound and like that kind of band, um, I, I, I always like that. Like I, I feel like when I listen to them, I think of bands like uh, Turnover, Citizen, who have like these hardcore ties and were able to kind of um, weave through and uh, play these hardcore shows, which is cool because uh, their sound is like way different from your typical hardcore band. And the, the, the fact that they're able to get that kind of support from the community just because um, they're tied to it in some way, shape or form. It, it's, it's cool. And to see like the, the, those bands get the success that they have, I'm just like, damn, like Soulblind, I feel like they could be like that next band with that sound to just come through hardcore and then just like just blow up like super huge just because i feel like they play like a awesome like unique sound yeah for sure i mean yeah they definitely get the love within the hardcore scene um right now and they 
I think they will continue to as they play a more hardcore kids. But with bands like that, it's it's cool to see that they like. I think they have more room to grow. They got the band, you know, like mm-hmm. to appeal to uh, kind of a bigger crowd. So I think that's why they do so well. Like people are, um, you know, people have specific taste in hardcore. Um, you know, whether like the heavier stuff or the more melodic stuff or like the faster stuff. Um, but there's there's always like those couple of bands um, that that all those different types of hardcore kids like, and I think Soulbind is one of them. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. It's like we we all can come together and just be like, yeah, we can appreciate this one band that that sounds way different than the the typical stuff we listen to and the typical stuff we see at shows. But like when they come through, it's like um, we give them like full like hundred percent support and just want to see them do like really good. Yeah, definitely. Hell yeah, man! But yeah, the year. Yeah, there's just so many bands, and I just hope because uh, last year I felt like it was like a really good year for hardcore. Just like so many good releases, and even like the stuff that's come out since the year started, I'm just like hoping. I'm like, damn, this is gonna be another good year for hardcore with all like the cool stuff that's like on the way. Yeah, I mean personally, um, I think this is like the best time for hardcore. Um, since I've started going to shows or started being involved in the scene, like mm-hmm. there's so many bands just like, and they're all like so good. Um, they're all like just going for it and people are picking up on it, you know? So it's like, I don't know, for the bands that are, that exist right now, it's like the connection I personally have with them, just not even like on a, on a personal level, like friendship wise, but like the, the way that a lot of current bands, get me psyched is um you know what obviously what i love about hardcore and it's, it seems like more bands make me feel that way than ever um right now yeah so no, definitely I, definitely cool to see yeah definitely like that because i've never never been like jaded on a hardcore because like for me I, i've always been like down to go out and seek out new newer bands and just see like what the current climate is of hardcore so never i've never gotten jaded um but yeah definitely right now i feel like there's just like so like so many good options like it doesn't matter what kind of like hardcore you like there's just like like i feel like every genre of hardcore has like strong bands in their categories yeah i think we're we're in a place right now where i've noticed that um a lot of people that were in the hardcore um and like weren't as active in the scene are coming back and getting like reacclimated with the newer bands and getting like back into it like they once were when they were younger or whatever mm-hmm. um i don't know what that what the reason behind that is but it's just something even locally here that i've, I've noticed um so that's definitely definitely a good thing nice nice mix of uh different age ranges going to shows you know yeah old school and new yeah man old school i i wonder when i'll qualify for old school because i feel like i'm getting there i don't know man a lot of my younger friends bust my balls saying i'm saying i'm old school and i'm you know washed up and all that but the one day they'll learn they'll be washed up too you know yeah hopefully yeah I, i i hope kids stick around and uh, yeah, they stay true to hardcore because it, it's at least something special, and I like it's a big part of my life. And I literally don't know like what like 
sometimes I'm just like, man, like what would I be like if I didn't have hardcore? Cause it's just like such a big part of my life. I, I wonder like what kind of weirdo I would be. Yeah. I mean, the way I see it is, um, the majority of the people that are, that are active in the scene that I'm a part of, um, are like 20 years older than I am and have been going to shows for, for that long. So mm. I don't, uh, I don't really stress it, you know, if they're, uh, they're, they'll wear the, uh, the old washed up guy pants for now, even though they're more active than the younger kids, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just got to keep it going and just, staying true and I, I i definitely like like talking to people who've been around for a minute and just like picking people's brains about like their view of hardcore because i feel like we all love it and we do like share some similar views but obviously i feel like we all kind of have our own like perspective on it so it's definitely cool to be able to do something like this and talk to people from different parts of the or different regions and just being able to like talk about hardcore in their area versus mine. Um, it's, it's always fun to be able to share that and just get different looks. Yeah, no, totally. That's what it's all about. Well, I w- want to thank you for coming on the podcast. This has definitely been a cool conversation. I was something that, that I look forward to just because um, you did kind of have that impact on me when I met you where I, I walked away like, damn, that's a cool dude because uh, you made me feel like we'd been friends for forever when I met you. It wasn't like some weird, like awkward, like meeting off the internet. You were just like chill from, from the start. So I, I definitely appreciate that from you. And I definitely thank you for coming on the podcast and talking about streets of hate and all the stuff you've done and have coming up. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. And the, yeah, same goes for you. Like when we met, I was like, yeah, he's uh, this dude's cool. He gets it, you know? So yeah. I'm I'm glad to uh to be on the podcast. I'm a I'm an avid listener, so um even though I don't like the idea of listening to myself on something like this, um I'm excited to be on it and for people to hear. Hell yeah. Well thank you. I, I appreciate you listening because uh without the people who listen, I don't know, like I probably wouldn't even do it anymore. So the fact that like I, I, I see the numbers running up and the fact that there are people interested, that's what keeps me going. I love to do this and I love to talk to people um, about hardcore and just like what other random stuff. So like, thank you. Like I, I, I definitely appreciate that. Uh, but before we go, is there anything you want to shout out or plug? Um, I want to shout out the two bands I listen to the most today. Seat of pain and one step closer. Love them. Um, listen to those shit. Um, go see those bands. Um, Let's see what else. I'm um, going to see restraining order and build them all tomorrow. Thanks for that. Um, that's really it. Uh, I think Nate chose to make book the show, so I'm excited to see him. And then, uh, yeah. All right. Well, there you guys have it. Thank you again for tuning in. This has been another episode of the Dreamer K podcast. Always on top.